0: Hello, all of you SOAP listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Chat. Tonight, we have a very special guest with us, the one, the only, iconic, Amelia Marshall. Amelia, how are you doing? I'm doing great.
1: I'm healthy. I am well. I'm not Panicking, and I'm, I'm thankful. So yes, I'm doing great.
0: <laughs> great, you look um, great too, girl. Yes, <laughs> you do. Yeah,
2: very great. Thank oh. you. You guys look yeah. great. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go Allen. Hey.
0: <laughs> well, Tiggs, why don't you uh, kick us off and ask Amelia your first question? Okay.
3: Because I had it all down.
4: Yeah, well look, look, you want it on CP time. Wait a minute,
3: give me time. Give me time. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're on Anglo Saxon time today, son. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> oh, oh,
1: oh. I love it when you're Zoom when you're doing a Zoom with a group and you actually turn your head to look at the square that the person is in, but the person's really not in that square. <laughs>
0: Yes, for all of our listeners that don't know, since this will be audio only, we are doing Zoom now, so (laughs) bear with us. Yes, we can see each other. We see each other. (laughs) For the first time. (laughs) Yeah,
3: for real. I didn't even know what tags look like. I was like, wait, what? Girl, I'm looking a little rough, but I'm fine, girl. I had to cut my own hair, child, because the barbershop ain't open, and I don't want to, you know, die. So, yeah, I had to cut my own hair, child. It
1: looks
3: great. great. Thank you. Luckily, I get a ball fade anyway, because, you know, I'm kind of like thinning right here. So girl, I had to make something (laughs) (laughs) work. If you don't ask this, if you don't ask this question. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh oh, yes, I'm sorry, Amelia. Okay. Like with passions, did you get to go as far as you could as Liz Sanborn? I love seeing you being a devious character. I love you. You did awful stuff to Eve. I loved it. So were you able to go as far as you wanted to with that character?
1: I would say no. I would say no. Um, I would have loved to, you know, sort of take, take a 360 or 180 and come back around and actually have that relationship with Eve. Tracy Ross and I are still friends. It's crazy how we think alike. I think we really are sisters. Our lives kind of travel the same path, but I would have loved to have had the opportunity to explore a different side, have um, Liz go to some really good therapy and exercise all of her demons and actually become a citizen in that wacky world where anything can happen anyhow. So I think, you know, when I left, I missed that part. You know, it was good to have the backstory sort of wrapped up kind of in a hurry, but okay. I missed that part where you, the character gets a little bit redeemed or all the way redeemed. Mm. Love it. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Amelia, let's continue a little bit more um, with the discussion about passions. Um, because of course, Passions was quite wacky. <laughs> um, James E. Riley put a lot of heart and soul into that show. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how did the wackiness of passions challenge you as an actress from your more um past roles that were a little more normal soap opera? <laughs>
1: You had to suspend reality when you walked in the door, because if you didn't, you were gonna be in trouble. You (laughs) had to not, you know, you couldn't hold on to, well, that wouldn't happen, and he wouldn't say that, and what, she can see me, can't you see? See?" You couldn't do that. You just had to dive in, um, you know, head first, and um, go for TC, and... and (laughs) Break out the wine and the sexy lingerie. It, it was all so crazy. I think that's how we all survived: is just to say this isn't real. We've got a witch, and we've got all these things in a burning closet, and just just go. With it. Actually, wish I had more of the the um, outrageous um, episodes that happened, you know, just the really far out there, um, things. The one thing that I always recall is, is actually almost drowning in a, in a, um, scene where the water, we, Ben Masters and I were in a closet and the water was, you know, it was some sort of tidal wave and the water is coming up. And quite literally all we had were our eyeballs and our noses above the water. Oh my gosh. And, um, uh, then looked in my eyes and realized that I was really panicking. I was no longer acting. <laughs> and basically the way they shot the scene was that they were lowering the ceiling instead of raising the water. They were lowering the ceiling and we were kind of like bending our knees going down in it. And But the ceiling was right there. And so he started banging and banging on the ceiling and they quickly raised it. But I was like, it's steamy and you can't breathe humid weather. Texas girl, you know what I mean, right? When it's human, Uh-oh. you just can't breathe.
4: <laughs> uh, filling up your whole lungs and you're like, I'm gonna drown in my own body. Like, yes, that's, that's,
1: I felt that. On a, that's the way it. I felt, lady. That's <laughs> it.
0: So D is probably the biggest Passions fan among us. <laughs> that is
4: true. That is very true. Y'all talk so bad about my ratchety show. Y'all really do. Y'all
3: do. No, I, love- I, I love it.
4: Do, they do. Do. they talk about me. I, they talk about me. I, I love They talk about me because I love all the struggle soaps. Okay, I love Passion. <laughs> I love Sunset <laughs> Beach.
1: I like Port Charles. Uh, I, still I love Port Charles.
4: You know, I passions, still love
1: Passion. Passion. Passion was way before its time.
2: It was way before its time.
4: It was. was the great. They were ready for passion. It, like Passion. People were not ready back then. If Passion came on today, it would be hit. Really yeah. It really
2: would. Yeah. It would be a hit. They
4: yeah. weren't ready.
2: Especially with the the young demographics at Passion at the time. The 12 to 17-year-olds at Passion's w- back then were really into the show. Like, you forget yeah. that the really? show was really geared towards teenage. Teenagers ate the show up yeah. a lot more. Because I was 13 when the, Passion's
3: came along, and
1: I was college. Yeah. 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 The, 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 the team the demographic, which the advertisers like, they don't they don't get that. They, you know, and then I think th- they had a hard time marketing the show so that they could get the advertisement so that NBC would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. this show's making a lot of money yeah. for us because all those crazy things were really expensive. <laughs> you know, much yeah. bigger production costs and production value. Right. In that show because of you know so many stunts and stunt people at times you know i think i had a stunt woman for something i can't even remember what it was but whatever it was they deemed that i couldn't jump off or do whatever and and she was my stunt person it's like okay but i'm game i can jump. (laughs) (laughs) is
4: that why y'all wear the same outfit for like two weeks at a time because they put all the money towards the stunts
1: so I had this beautiful cashmere sweater, and I wore it for a month. A month—that's fashion. That's passion. That's passion. Yeah. The day in harmony would last a month. Yeah.
3: They
1: sent, they sent it out to the dry cleaner every Friday, <laughs> and so Monday it would be smaller, and smaller, and smaller. I was like, "This don't fit anymore." <laughs> <laughs> it you, was you an got, entire, yep. I love the sweater too. That was the thing. I was gonna say, can I have this after we're done? I'll buy it for you from you. But after it shrank, I didn't want it anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you gotta love a James E. Rice script where they last six weeks. Like I was dying. That the uh, same uh, day was happening. Uh, the same day was happening for six weeks at a time. I was like, or oh, oh, more.
1: Just like the show 24, just like the show yes, 24,
2: child. exactly.
1: Just like that, but it was yeah. it was that was very hard to sort of keep the same energy up for one day that lasted that long because you you know you're working every day and you start to think, did I say that yesterday? Did, or did I say <laughs> something different yesterday? What was that?
0: Right, yeah. So, Rodrigo, why don't you go ahead
2: and ask uh, your first official question to Amelia? Well, Amelia, I got to take it back to Guiding Light. Okay. You know, I love passions, but I got to take it back to the Guiding Light. Take us back to the heyday of Guiding Light. When I started watching, it was around 91. And I just remember from like 91 to 95, like the show especially having a prominent black family, like the Speaks and the Grant family, like they they were prominent all over Springfield. And you could see the diversity that was going on at the time. So like, take us back to like, how it was like one of the few soaps on the air to like, tackle diversity in soap operas. Like, how do you feel being like one of the few soul bars at the time that like really dwelled
1: into it um privileged blessed yes proud all of those things um you know i started on guiding light in 89 as a day player and um i thought it was going to be three days and at the end of the third day i asked the director am i going to be called back, am I going to do more episodes episodes and he said, oh, they didn't talk to you <laughs> he was like, yeah, you're gonna be here for a while and i I remember being really, really excited that this you know I, I did a lot of theater but I'm like, oh my god I'm gonna have a, like this television job and then they brought on Vince Williams um, who oh. was Vince, you know, and he had this energy that would fill a room and he was so embracing he would say i think they need to give us a love story i think they need like yeah 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 yeah
2: Yeah. and
1: um you know in a strange turn of events i was cast in a play and my manager agent went to guiding light and said um you know can she be out for some number of weeks and they said no and they turned around within a day and, and put me on contract and in very short order, they'd written that amazing story for the two of us. And so we would look at each other and go, Oh my God, look at us. Look at us. Yeah. We are African Americans in the early nineties and, and we're, you know, carrying a major storyline and, and, yeah. You know, and then they brought on my brother, his daughter, my parents, you know, assorted relatives. And I i was kind of, not even kind of, I really was in cloud nine and in disbelief and in awe and so grateful that Guiding Light, one of the old, you know, storied soap operas yeah. realized it's time. It's time, right. and let's do it with these people. And um, ever so ever so grateful for the seven years that I was there. And the interesting is, you know, you talk about, you know, the story soap offers, Guiding Light will always, always be my favorite. My experiences yes. there, uh, I couldn't go anywhere else and and talk that. The, the caliber of actors that I worked with, who, you know, if you stepped into a scene with them, you better get your game on. Because yeah. they were theater trained, they were extremely experienced. Now I remember working with Beverly McKenzie, who played oh. um, Alexander Spaulding. Alexander
2: yes. yes. Oh my God.
1: My first yes. scene with her I was so nervous and we were in rehearsal and I had just a tiny, tiny scene with her and she looked at me and she looked at the, the director and she says, is she gonna speak louder? And I was like, yes, yes my mom speak louder. She, <laughs> it, 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 bring your A game, because everybody right. on set was bringing their A game and they were all, I, I learned so much. And the writing, if you watch oh. that show, um, the writing was such that it jumped off the page into your mouth. You didn't have to work it. You didn't have to massage it. It was so exquisitely written. I think I think about so many scenes and the way they they wove story around. And I just it mm-hmm. was it yeah. It will always be my favorite.
2: Yeah, yeah the best of the best writers on the, during that time. So yes, that writing was. Impeccable.
1: impeccable, impeccable, and interestingly yeah. enough, you know, James Riley was the head was writer on that, for on on. that writing
2: team,
1: he was instrumental in me getting hired for um Passions because um, they didn't want to see me at, at Passions because they said I was too young. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and my agent was like, wait a minute. So she made some calls and then James went, she's not too young. She can do this. <laughs> so that yeah. was, you know, again, small business, but i it, that was the other side of James's mind though. That quirky side. Uh,
0: all righty, so Alan, um, what about you? What is your first question for Amelia? Hi, Amelia. Um, um, My question is, you've been on multiple soaps. What's your favorite scene of all time to shoot?
1: Say that again, please. What's your favorite scene of all time to shoot?
0: (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: That is such a hard one. That really is. Um, There, gosh, I don't know. I have, I'll just tell you, okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, There was a scene. It was with Monty Sharp, David. Oh, yes. And it was the big reveal about the murder, the shooting. And he, you know, was taking credit for it because he thought I did it, but he didn't do it. There was, I I can't remember, but, um, you know, he, he, again, he was one of those absolutely magical actors and um when you were in a scene with him you just simply like two gears fitting together and there's just a click and a hum and there was something about that day that it just it it every scene that we had together just vibrated with that that energy that surreal energy which surpasses just acting and you're just now in it and you're feeding off of each other's energy. Oh my gosh, I just remembered thinking of feeding each other off of each other. Um Alan Michael, uh, we would yes. now I'm thinking on the actor's name. We <laughs> would get in a scene. Yes, thank you. And, and and it was like watching each other to see what the other person was gonna do so you could play. And <laughs> and so all of those scenes were just super fun because I knew he was gonna do something. And I just had to be there and, like, hit the ball back because it, it's just too much fun, too much fun. Um, and the the other one was um, All My Children with Lynn Thigpen. Oh,
2: yeah. Another
1: person that, yeah,
2: yeah. you
1: know, you just, you, all you had to do was just be real and truthful and any scene that you had with her was, was going to be Great. I'm remembering this crazy, and I could be, I might be mixing things up, but Leslie Uggams was on the show, so I remember this this um, dinner table thing at Thanksgiving. It was Leslie Uggams, Lynn Thigpen, and, and Keith uh, Hamilton. Cobb, and it was you know, it's like this dinner scene, but it's written with all of this tension, and you know, people are not saying anything, and they're saying parts of things, and Lynn looks around all across the table and goes. Want some more pie? And that was it. It was just like <laughs> she just kind of like cut through the scene, those other tension. It was like, and just her delivery, just mm. like taking an acting lesson every time you step on stage. That's that's kind of how I felt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so um, Tiggs, talk to Amelia about your second question. What do you got for? Her? I want to know,
3: is there like, was there an iconic role that you would have wanted to like take on yourself? And like, if if there was like this iconic soap role and you were just like, I wish I would have had a chance to do that. Just to cut up a little bit, do
1: something different. I, I think because I was always typecast like the girl next door who happens to be black or you know like the goodie the achiever the you know um I really wanted very much a part of what Liz was to be angry about something. That's why I love Liz Mm. right right. and so I really really appreciated that what I what I wanted for Liz is to have more of a, yeah, um, I'm thinking dynasty. You know, more of that—a different kind of an edge, maybe an intelligence, mm. a sharpness, a keenness. And I, I felt like Liz played it very, you know, straight. I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm angry. And I, I kept wanting something else, but I, I, I didn't find it. You know what I mean? Just something to enrich,
0: enrich the role. So a little more complexity.
1: Yes, a little more complexity. I'm thinking Diane Carroll right now. Is that who I'm remembering? Yeah. Dominic Devereaux,
0: yes. 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 <laughs> May she forever rest in peace now. Yes. <laughs> um, so Amelia, let's transition back to Guiding Light. Um, sadly, it has now been um, 23 years since Vince Williams has left us. Um, what was it like to work with him and do you still think about his everlasting legacy and presence to this day?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, you know, Hampton Jilly had a song, um, and he would play the saxophone and I would kind of, you know, sing along and I will, I will find myself sometimes sliding into the song. It's, it's, you know, it's just for me, but it is like a warm, warm blanket. Um. Uh, You know, <laughs> I have this, this crazy theory in my head because Vince was so magnetic. I have to tell you, I don't think he ever met a stranger. He would shake people's hands, and I would, I would see them visi- visibly pick up his energy. He was warm, he was love. he was acceptance. Not to say that he didn't ever get angry, but he had this outlook of, you know, being from, from Louisiana and having that New Orleans thing, and um, that's who he was. But I, I felt like he burned so hot and so bright almost as if the universe knew that his time was going to be here. It's It was going to be short because he was literally walk in light up a room and everybody would start moving toward him just because of, of his magnetism. Um, you know, I spoke to him maybe a month before he passed. He was back in Louisiana and, um, i'm glad i had that opportunity um but definitely gone too fast and it was you know yes I, blessed again blessed again to have had him in my life and had him had the work with him
0: and i mean just amazing chemistry between you two that will never be matched again in television
1: i'd say it's all him all, you know I I know that I'm blessed because all I had to do was walk on stage and look in his eyes and the lines were there and just be truthful with the lines. That's all that was required. You know,
0: it's great. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about you all, but I'm getting a little misty eyed. (laughs) Um, are we crying over there, Casey? I know, right? <laughs> like, oh, my <laughs> We're not supposed,
1: just... to, cry. We're not supposed <laughs> to cry. But yeah, I had the opportunity again, you know, with Lynn Thitkin. I worked with her wow. twice. I worked with her, you know, on all my children. I worked with her on an, an episodic. And, and, you know, again, I think I was on my way to set one day and I got a phone call from the publicist saying, you know, digest or something wants a, a comment from you about Thicken And I said, what do you mean? And I'm driving and that's the news they gave me that she'd had an aneurysm and passed away. So then I had to pull over because you shouldn't cry and drive and, um, you know, get myself together. But I, I remember thinking, gosh, I was going to set, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I wish she had waited till I was at set so that I could go ahead and have a good cry in the privacy of my dressing room. But what a talent, what an incredible talent.
0: Yes. Um, so Dee, let's transition over to you. What's your second question for Amelia?
4: Uh, mine isn't necessarily a question per se. I just want to tell you, I want to thank you for all of the representation of strong successful career driven black women on tv because it wasn't often that you got to see that you didn't get to see you know african-american women in these powerful roles you mean business owners i mean you were a producer at wrsp i mean you worked at the homeless shelter you were like a counselor i mean <laughs> even crazy grace even crazy grace hat was a business owner like it was so much to actually get to see Someone like me, having these different types of jobs and all these different types of careers and you are professional off and everything. And we're like, yes, so thank you for Mm that. It's not necessarily (laughs) a question, but just thank you for
1: that. I am absolutely grateful that I had the opportunity to do it. It goes back to the writing at Guiding Light again. Starting where they started me, not even as a camera person, but just like, Mm -hmm. that—that you know, studio gopher telling people okay you know not even the stage manager but taking me from a low position and allowing the audience to see me climb through the steps in the ranks you know and try to burst through the glass ceiling as we are now say, now saying which we didn't say back then my son pleasantly reminded me that guiding light was over 30 years ago
0: Josh. <laughs> 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 you know Not over in you, our hearts. Never, no. no. you never be extinguished in
4: there And you were paving paths for other people. So I don't care if it was 30 years ago, you were breaking through barriers before people even knew that it was an option to be broken through. So, oh. so yes.
1: thank you. Thank you. So so happy, so proud to have been a part of that. Really was. I'm just like, oh <sighs> I'm good. <laughs> it was interesting, we were, we were having, um, back in the day um, in the unions, we, we started beginning to have the conversations about diversity, diversity um, on daytime, diversity in the theater, we, you know, we went through a whole thing of colorblind casting. And I remember sitting in one of those diversity meetings because I'd been particularly invited to be a part of this panel discussion and a young um, African-American woman said to me, I don't know why you are complaining. You have a job on a soap. And I said, I don't have a family. I don't have a mother or brother. Yeah, I don't have a father. I don't have a family. Most of the other contract players on a soap have a family. That's why I'm a part of this discussion. And now I don't think anybody ran back and told the writers and producers of Guiding Light, Amelia said she wants a family, but yet and still within a few years, they had put a family in place, which was what I wanted. And that was a part of the whole, for me, the bigger discussion about diversity. It's okay to be one, but that's not a representative. When you get this group, you get a family, then we're starting to talk. When we're starting to move forward.
4: A whole family, and I mean, it that's the part that we it's like you got represented, you got the family unit, you weren't doing anything illegal. Um, you worked well for the most part, <laughs> yeah, a, little <laughs> <bit>. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but I'm saying like it was like positive representation, you weren't right. angry and confrontational. Well, up until passions, but everybody is, so it doesn't count. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, that's everybody on passions. Everybody mad at somebody for something and everybody's
2: whatever.
4: But it was just, it's nice to see, you know, someone being powerful in this position of being able to help others and doing things that are uplifting and it's on a national platform. So that's what I loved the most is that, yeah, there's all this other stuff going on, but for the most part, it was mainly positive, always pushing forward and always showing hard work. So it was like nice to not, be fit into some stereotype or some mold. It's it's good to see that.
1: Oh. That makes me so incredibly happy to hear you say that. Because you know, sometimes you do things in a in a vacuum and um, you know, you, you meet fans, but to know that, that you saw that decades ago and got that. That's super that's that's a gift to me now. That's that you're giving me a
0: gift. Oh my Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rodrigo, um, why don't you go ahead and ask um, Amelia your next question?
2: So, Amelia, I have to ask, do you keep in contact with any of your old guiding light castmates, particularly Monty Sharp? I loved the relationship between David and, Jill- and Julie. It-, it was this it, you, you guys felt like real brother and sister. Like, I don't know where that came out of. Uh, I don't know if you guys prepared that beforehand, but the way you, the relationship between David and Jilly was just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Leah uh, Long or Patrona Paley, like any of those like I that whole dynamic, like, I just loved it all. Do uh, you keep in touch with any of them? And if you do, like, do you,
1: I have oh, not yeah. kept in touch with Nia Long at all. When I lived in, in LA, Monty and I would see each other occasionally and he's just as fabulous and and crazy and all of that stuff as he yeah. was before. Um, you know, he's he's this ethereal soul that's just out there. It's just it's so beautiful. Um, um, Petonia Paley, who played my mother, um, we during the Dying light years, we performed in a play together, and we became besties, and um, I saw petonia two months ago, and we had a Zoom cocktail hour last month, oh, <laughs>
2: Yes, oh, nice.
1: Yeah, and oh. then um, Jeffrey Ewing, he was, oh my gosh, Jeffrey played the guy who really was my father. Um, yeah. It, like,
2: Charles, yes. Charles, yeah. oh my God, that storyline was so scandalous. I was like, oh my God, Julie, don't sleep with your father. That is your <laughs> <laughs>
0: father.
2: <laughs> oh, I was like, oh my God, are they going there?
4: I was like, oh.
2: It was so
3: scandalous. I was like, no,
4: Julie. the one thing, but you can't be messing with your daddy. That's just nasty.
0: And I it was, was like, at, oh. Guiding like, Light played that tension so well. It was stopped at like the of the minute, like I mean, fair
2: Vivian, Vivian trying to like cover everything, and like, yes, that storyline was wild. But I loved that, I was like, wow, like, did that just show like black folks in daytime? We can be crazy, we can do all this baby stuff that everyone else, even <laughs> soap operas, can do. Like, I
1: enjoyed that, I was like, wow exactly that wasn't that wasn't a color story and that was what they did so Ooh. well is that not write stories just for black people yes. you know yeah I the will. race element had to come in but it wasn't like a black storyline no could have been, been for any of the other characters on the show yeah. um and yeah i had to answer a whole bunch of questions my mother would be on the phone all the time i'm like no mom it's no uh, no
0: mom. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 so, but, and Amelia, I love what you said because I'm a huge soap historian, like most of us on this podcast. And it's interesting when you explore the introduction of African American characters into soaps, it's always textbook storylines that you would expect a soap writer to give. You know, some characters couldn't read, others were immediately <laughs> involved in drugs. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Guiding Lights introduction of yourself and Hamp and his daughter and everything else and it was just normal you know it was just soap storytelling yeah there were no textbook rules that past soaps followed no
1: i i i I can't say it enough the writing was the most exquisite i ever had to work with just and You could just play it. You could play it real. And you didn't, like you said, you didn't have to be the maid. You didn't have to, you know, and I know exactly those storylines because we, we would look at each other and go, wow, we're different. We're different. We're representing this whole dynamic. And yes, Monty's character had been wrongfully incarcerated, but, you know, then you saw the redemption of that. But I think for the most part, that was the only, character and storyline that the the race and the racism became you know primary and and, you know the point of the story but for the rest of it being blackmailed being um a high achiever just like everybody else
0: yes (laughs) everybody else in old springfield (laughs) Mm -hmm. so alan um go ahead and ask amelia your next question well, soaps have so many freaking lines. How, where were you at um, memorizing them? and, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yes,
1: Everybody makes all that dialogue. Face. Everybody so, makes their face. <laughs> so, it, but, but interestingly enough, though, um, when I started Guiding Light, it was still the old-fashioned, you know, you were acting to tape and in order to do a pickup or edit it was a huge deal in in the editing room so you just didn't go up and so yes so i'm getting text messages here that aren't i turned it off sorry (laughs) Uh, and so it was a point of pride to not go up on a line and you do your homework and it's just like a muscle you start to you know um really build build that muscle and the capacity to memorize a lot of lines and again if it's really well written or it doesn't even take anything it would just be read it a couple of times because it will make logical sense and if you know the character the writer knows your character it will all make sense so we rarely stop tape that's how deep it was over at um guiding my you know seasoned experience in and we're talking long monologues so when you were asking that alan i was remembering the springfield fire Oh, the fish. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And I had, I think, two days. It was just, oh my God, and now I'm blanking. I'm blanking on the character. Um, I was still the reporter out reporting in the street. And so either I was having these long monologues to camera and Buzz, was it Buzz that was in the fire? Um, Yeah. Buzz
4: Cooper.
1: So it was two people. For one entire episode, so all we had were words and words and words and words and words. And, you know, you would shoot one long scene, cut, they put the flames out and stare at the paper, and then you'd, you know, go back and do your best. But I, I remember that being the most challenging of any episode that I did, just because there were pages and pages of essentially monologues saying, well, the fire has progressed now to Chamber Street, it's, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um, and not necessarily relationship things that that are much easier to memorize. Um, And we were talking about passions, though, earlier. um, And by then, everything was an electronic editing process. It was really, really fast. But the scenes were much shorter. Because yeah. the attention span of viewers was like, now you you know, boop, boop, the scene is over, boop, boop. So that was never much of an issue because your scene was so short. You were just like, okay, I got it. Next scene, okay, I got it. next scene. Right. And I just remember thinking, God, this is so much easier. Right. <laughs> Except for the fact that you stayed a whole like Mon- month on one day. Month days. Month days. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I just love that we're getting shaded because we have the attention span of a fruit fly
1: <laughs> but that you know that that became like a whole thing right even the news you look at the news now and it's like boom, boom, and they have to go back to the weather person three times because she could only tell you so much the first time
0: <laughs> well and see i'm always the person like when i sit down to watch you know the climax of a storyline And then they'll cut to, like, another person who's sitting at the table with Ma and Pa. And I'm like, no, get back to the other thing. Like, come on.
1: (laughs) Yeah. As an aside, I've been re-watching The Crown.
0: Yes, I love The Crown. Oh, good
2: show. Good show.
1: Those slow pans where nobody's saying anything or somebody's got that one monologue and the camera's just there. I eat that stuff up. Ooh, so good. Such a good show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and, you know, Passions, too, in my opinion, you know, they mastered the camera techniques of the pans, and everything else. The show was always beautifully edited, in my opinion. Yes. Top notch.
1: The cameramen, um, they, yeah, and they kept me laughing more than they should have. But um, they were real pros. <laughs> and you had to be if you were going to shoot all of those, uh, you know, the pyrotechnics and all of that you needed to be and you know that was shot in Hollywood not to say that New York camera people can't do that but definitely the camera people were spot on and then taking it back and editing it's phenomenal it's great being on stage and shooting it or even standing as they're shooting it would not compare to what was finally on the tape so I'd always like to see, oh, that's what they did with that. Uh-huh. So much green. Oh my god, you're making me remember everything. All the green screen work. You know, I've forgotten all of imagine. that work. It was like the green screen was like a permanent feature. <laughs> <laughs> so I different New
4: York shows. So, so different, like just looking at that. But I mean, I felt like for the New York shows, y'all got to go outside. Y'all got to do location shoots. And then it's like then it looks like like the L.A. ones. You're like on General Hospital now. You get a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> you get a struggle park. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like they don't do a lot of outdoor. Like a lot of the things that happen on like Guiding Light. A lot of like just it's very different. Soaps are very different now.
1: Well, yeah, they are. They are. The days of the mm-hmm. the days of the big budget are gone. Um, it's over. Yeah, the um, Bold and Beautiful used to make that big trip to, where did they go every year? Italy? They still do. Italy. <laughs> the
4: only ones that do. They go to Italy or they'll go to Australia. They'll go, they're the only soap that actually does location shoots, but I think it's because the Bold and the Beautiful makes most of their money on the international
2: uh, they, side. Yeah, international. Yeah. yeah, they make more money. I'm
4: the only yeah. one out here that really likes Bold and Beautiful, so as you can tell, I love all the struggle soaps. It's fine. I'm okay with it. It's a curse. I love all the struggle folks.
1: My mother loves Bold and Beautiful, if that makes you feel any better. Thank you.
0: I always say, you know, like, young and restless is my heart and soul. Like, that's, you know, my mom's show, my Aunt Bonnie's show, that's everybody's show in my family. And then, you know, it's so cool as a soap fan when you start breaking the mold from your family and you go into other shows you discover on your own.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's
0: fantastic. And it's such a great experience to see how every show is so really different. Sure, there might be stories that everybody tells. You know, we've seen a baby switch on every soap, but (laughs) every show is different. The identities are vastly different.
1: And they should be. They should be. It's just sad that we don't have as many of them anymore, but they should be. They could each have their own special personality there. And, you know, again, we go back to that's where Passions was trying to carve out something that was just one decade too early, um, just to kind of find that audience.
0: So, uh, Tix, let's transition uh, back to you. What is your final question for Amelia? as a prominent oh, <laughs> actor. Tiggs, I'm sorry, there was a little bit of a microphone issue. The joys oh, so of trying to have you on mute, Andy <laughs> The joys
3: but of no, Trying um, new platform. Amelia, is there anything you know you would have done differently in the industry as a prominent actress of color? Because you are prominent.
1: That's such a good question. That's such a good question. I think by the time um, Passions came around, the whole media outreach, it changed. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. I was really, really slow to change. And there are a couple different reasons for it. One was being a single mom and going, I've already done that many hours on the studio, I can't go home and and master Twitter and and, and Facebook and and, and do a a lot of push out that a lot of the other um, um, actors did. And that would be, if I were to go back, that would be the one thing that I would want to do over. I would want to do that outreach Because I, I feel that there is a certain, no, I feel that, that viewers need to know that you're acting and they need Mm -hmm. to know, or at least I want them to know that that's not, that that's just a little piece of you, that there's this other part of you that's that's very interested in world events it's very interested in the community and what can we give back to the community and be and become a part of the community and I feel like in particular with passions I failed in that because I didn't I didn't reach out enough on my own whereas um guiding light there were many many points where I felt like because of the studio's involvement and that they knew that they couldn't rely on the individual little letters that we would write, that they would put you in places so that you could meet and talk and have that, you know, shake that hand or give that hug um, to people so that they could see you not just as a character, but um, hopefully as this whole realized, um, educated person who they can relate to on yet another level.
3: If mm-hmm. that makes sense.
0: It total sense, complete sense. So Dee, we'll go ahead and uh, go back to you. Um, what is your final question for Amelia?
4: I guess my final question is: if you could be you could be a director or something on any soap, which one would you be? Which one would you want to direct on, like wild episodes, crazy episodes? Which soap would you want to do if you had that? To be able to work here or to be able to do that type in that type of function. Present soap operas?
1: Anytime. Anytime. Um, It might be fun, only because it is so crazy. If you could do a time travel, I'd go back and direct Dallas. Yes, that was my show. Okay. Um. That was the
3: best.
1: Mm. I
0: don't
1: care what anybody that says. Was, yeah, that, that was, yeah. You know, slappings, fighting, cat fights. It's just, it was so much fun. And those actors, yeah, it was just great.
4: Some people don't even realize that that was so much of the nighttime shows came from daytime. Like, people don't Yeah. Even-
0: oh, yeah. Exactly. Well, to this day, exactly. I mean, you know, um, How to Get Away with Murder, I watched their series finale two nights ago. And, you know, I was like, a lot of this from the soap world you know they yes. took a lot of stuff over those six years from soaps and it's amazing to see that yes
1: absolutely i agree so. i agree there's another one i can't think of it right now but another one i'm like no this is a soap it's in night at the night but it's the
0: soap yes <laughs> you know right. when grace right. anatomy had meredith drill in somebody's head with a power drill i'm like port charles did that 20 years ago <laughs> <They're>
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly
4: it's a blessing and a curse when you're a soap fan and you can recall this happened on this day with this person and they were wearing this. And then you're yeah. just it's just like, no, no, you're not supposed to say that. If you're going to take it, at least take the dialogue.
0: I'm like, break. I know that Shonda doesn't know what happened to Audrey Hardy when that hostage situation happened at General Hospital, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly right. <laughs> True soap fans.
0: Yes. <laughs> So, Rodrigo, why don't you go ahead and ask your final question for Amelia?
2: Uh, well, Amelia, there's only four soaps left in daytime right now. But if you were called and asked to come back to any one of the soap operas, now, which one would you want to go back to and why? It
1: would have to, have to, have to be Young and Restless.
0: Woo! Oh. Yes. Yes. yes, yes.
1: For so many reasons.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So many. Yeah. That's a whole separate podcast. Okay, girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really?
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: Give her a call, Sony. You know, oh,
3: that's a whole podcast without shading anybody. Okay. Yeah. Devon's mama need to come back. What's come
2: that?
3: She would be great at Devon's mom. Mom. Needs a mom. Needs
2: mama to mama too. All
0: right,
4: don't worry, I'll be on Twitter, like, right no, now. Okay. We'll, we'll okay. Get you that like, look, Amelia Marshall yeah. needs to be Ron's mom. We
0: okay? are getting Amelia a job after this. Is oh,
4: okay. okay. <laughs> nice. on, I love it. I'll tweet him every day. Every From day. your on, podcast Josh.
1: and your Twitter to God's ears. I love it.
4: <laughs> yes. Maybe stalking stock, stock the Twitter feed anyway. I'm going to at least put a bug off in their ear and be like, yo. I'd
1: be like, Brighton, let me do this right now while I'm We will campaign. That's right. As soon as we get off a pause, I'm there.
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then, I Alan, what about you? What is your final question for Amelia?
1: Okay, what was your least favorite scene of all time to shoot? The least favorite? Yeah. <laughs> so I
4: was wearing that sweater for a month. <laughs>
1: i'm sorry i'm so petty i need to stop oh my god that is hysterical um i remember and i don't i don't it it wasn't even i think because it wasn't my storyline we had a situation on passions um it was somebody's wedding and so almost the entire cast was there and I want to say that we were there from six to two a.m., and then we had oh, to be back at eight, and um, and then do a whole nother day. And I was like, you know what? I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I'm, <not>, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm
3: professional. I'm
2: done. I don't care.
1: Just shoot it, whatever. <laughs> not your wedding. No,
4: I not my that. wedding. <laughs> it was probably one of Teresa's twelve thousand weddings. That's what it was. <laughs>
1: So, or Sheridan or something. I don't know why it
0: just oh, looked Sharon. wrong, but there we were. <laughs> I tell you what, those cranes. <laughs> mm, 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 mm.
1: I remember being stuck on that little island. I I, I was yes. there for months and months and months, mm, months, yeah. and I, it was like I was up first every morning, so I never met the cast, and so <laughs> I, just me and. It was cr- Christopher Christopher I think he played Brian or something or it was Brian who played Christopher and then Sheridan and then um another actor and that's the those are the only people I ever saw except hair and makeup room or the, <laughs> the directors <laughs> so finally I got to meet everybody else
4: Wow. Well. <laughs>
0: I remember when I first started watching Passions and it was a huge event, like every character was there. And I tell you what, for my first day tuning in, it was so easy to learn the show because like 22 people were in these scenes together.
1: Every scene together and they're just cutting and pointing. (laughs) Let's keep going.
4: Y'all just stay dragging my little show. We get no love love on the Ratchety Show. I'm
0: get off I'm not going to be wearing this sweater for a month.
4: That is the and joke, though. We still laugh about it to this day, how passion saved on wardrobe because you wore the same outfit for half a year. <laughs> yeah that's how they saved from production costs and the same day when i was like they probably have them there from dawn to dusk because they're like we going we only got you for this one day we're gonna work you work you and get all our money's worth and you're like basically confirming everything i've been saying all shady like on twitter so i mean i feel vindicated right now.
1: <laughs> No, we, we usually shot one episode a day. We didn't do, I know sometimes it's, especially latter days, they've broken it out where you might be doing multiple episodes in a day, but you would be coming back putting those same clothes on. So it would be well if you, you know, put your deodorant on in the morning after you took your shower and did all. the you'll be wearing this funky sweater for a week. You know what?
2: Y'all
4: shouldn't have told me that. I'm going to get on this bird app and I'm going to act a fool. I'm like, y'all could have at least watched it midweek. What are y'all doing?
1: <laughs> well, I ask, I, you're, you're making me laugh so much because it got to the point and it, you know, and Cashmere is warm and the studios were really warm. So it got to the point where I was like, did you buy a double? Because sometimes if they knew no. the day would go for a month right. or six weeks, they would buy a double. And She goes, you don't know how much that sweater cost. So I was like, oh, it was one of the, I love this one, it was beautiful. But no, she's like, I'm not, I was not buying a devil. Yeah. But, 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 I smell myself. <laughs>
4: right. by the time was done, was one of those little bolero jackets that you can like wear, and it's all short. She probably had a tie. Let me stop.
1: You're crazy. I
0: thought
4: I was going to be good today. I'm trying so hard.
0: so amelia um i had a different question for you originally for my final as we're talking about passions now um i want to stay with that and um last year uh in december soap fans were devastated to learn that lisa de had passed away Um, Can you just talk about what a trailblazer she was as that Soap's executive producer for its entire run and what she was like to work with?
1: She was amazing. Um, Having worked with a lot of executive directors and, you know, female ones as well. Um, there are some who were on the floor a lot giving actor notes, giving cameraman notes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Lisa allowed her director her she allowed her people to work, which is a blessing and did not get in their way. You hire the people because they have the talent, and then you have to trust them. And that's what I saw with her. The, the, one of the few times I saw her get out of that her office where she's got all the screens up on the floor, you know, she had in, you know, the editing room was the time that, um, one of the few times was the time that I had that experience with the water. By the time I got out of that tank, she was on the floor right next to me, looking me in the eye to make sure I was okay. You know, really being that person, um, concerned, wanted to make sure, can you go on? Do you need to go home? What do you, what do you need from me? and i i I won't forget that because she just she was a true um executive producer um and she earned everything that followed everything that followed and i know that towards the end the budget was a real concern. And I remember having a, a side conversation. We were ha- talking about something else, but um, the budget came up and NBC was cutting, and she needed to make decisions about how things were gonna roll. And she had to make it, but she was always very warm. And, you know, again, you feel like burned out too fast, you know, just to sh- gone too soon.
0: Well, I think her contributions to daytime will always be remembered. They were historic, they were legendary. Um, and Amelia, thank you for sharing those memories with us to give a little more insight to the mm-hmm. real woman that Lisa was. Yes. Because, you know, we only saw her name flash in our on our screens every day. <laughs> um, right. But to hear you speak of that is amazing. Yeah. the person.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so anyway, Amelia, um, from all of us, we want to thank you so much for coming on our little show. It was an honor to interview you. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. So much. It was it's been a
1: pleasure. Thank you. This was such a pleasure. Thank you all just for your 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 warmth and your love and your memories and this again i say this was a gift to me thank you for reaching out to me it 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 took me down memory lane and just the sweet and and sad and all of that stuff so to all of you really appreciate
2: it and come back thank you so much for coming back
4: I'm already tweeting that I need you on YNR. I'm literally here I'm <laughs> Come on,
1: Didi. Come on, Didi.
3: Yes, you
1: know how we
4: do yes. <laughs>
1: it, There you go. There you go, Didi. I'll tell my mom to look for the tweet. She's always wanted me on YNR. That's one of the reasons. <laughs>
4: I've been saying this. We need to make this happen. Let me go ahead and send this and make sure that the people that need to be tagged get tagged
3: up in this on right here.
1: Oh. <laughs> Great talking with
0: you all. You too, Thank Amelia. You so have right, a good Amelia. day and be safe. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you. Have a good evening. Thank you. You Bye. guys are
0: Bye.
1: Bye. Be
3: safe. Good night.
0: Bye. Good night. Right. That was fun. Oh my God. That was so much nice. fun. Oh my God, I love her. She was everything I, was I thought she would be. She was such a pleasure. Yes. She was. Now oh my before God. we go, uh D, where can they find you on Twitter?
4: Uh, you can find me yelling at stands at TMZ Diddy.
0: <laughs> and then the ever so lovely Alan, who sounds clearer than my mother when she was chasing after me with that belt. Where can they find you on Twitter? <laughs> you can find me at Alan Sarapa. And Rodrigo, where can they find you?
2: You can find me at Rodrigo's World 81.
0: And Peter Bergman, if you're still interested in suing Tiggs, where can he find you, Tiggs?
3: The best eleven nine eight five. <laughs> he ain't gonna get nothing but some lint and a tic tac child.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and like you can nice. find me at Casey S Hutch. And you can get connected with our show as we venture onto this new platform at the Chat underscore Podcast. We're on the face of the book, and we're on the Twitter, and. Next week, we have quite a special interview. I will announce more details coming soon. But let me tell you, get ready. It's, be-
4: yep. it's a big hit, guys. Yep. 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 That's going to be a yes. mess. Yes. Y'all better hope I show up because I'm at the
0: full.
2: I <laughs> can't wait. I All my wait. best behavior. I'm, yes. not- I'm, going be, I'm, a I'm going to be loving I'm this. I'll, I'm going to love this.
0: Yes, we are going loving to be loving it. <laughs> loving I need this. bail money. <laughs>
3: we love our kids, we got some shit to say. We got some shit to say.
0: Yep. I need bail money,
3: people. Y'all know what's up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, um, the chat listeners, we will see all of you guys next week. And thank you for tuning in. Bye. Bye,
2: Bye y'all. Bye, guys.
0: Wear a
3: mask. Bye.